say words I haven't said in a while. Hi, folks, and welcome to Starbase 66, your international Star Trek and genre fiction podcast. I am Rick, and joining me this evening are Neek. How you doing? I'm doing well. And Jen, howdy. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> that too. Um, this is Neek's debut on the Starbase, uh, so welcome aboard. Uh, so tonight we are going to be talking about, and for, for the next few shows, we're going to be talking about the stars and the characters they play on the new Star Trek shows. Uh, so that would be Discovery, Lower Decks, Picard, uh, Prodigy, uh, Strange New Worlds. Did I miss any? That's no, it. That's all of them. Uh, Short Treks are fair game too, if, if anything came up in there that didn't show up elsewhere. or uh, so. But before we do that, we'll do as we usually do, if and if you remember what we used to usually do, <laughs> we're going to talk some some news and, and stuff like that uh, about what's been going on. Uh, you know, we can go back pretty far because it's been a while since we did a show, uh, did a show that got aired anyway. Uh, so I, I would like to talk about a couple of movies, if y'all don't mind. Have either, well, Jen, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. Uh, you said you saw it. Nick, have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yes. Amazing I movie. Yeah, I need to yeah. see it. Oh, oh, you haven't seen it yet. Oh. No, I am not. I want to see it. I have not seen it yet. Um, without spoiling, which I, I don't know that you can spoil this movie because so much happens that uh, you could probably talk about it for an hour and a half and still not cover everything that happened in the movie. Um, but uh, it's it's a wonderful vehicle for Michelle Yeoh, um, who. We know as as uh, Emperor Giorgio or Phil, or Captain Giorgio, whichever one you prefer, um, and as well as uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But uh, she was also in one of the James Bond movies, one, one of the better ones. Tomorrow, Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 she's just awesome. But this movie is it defies description. Um, I didn't even know what it was about. I just had heard of it, and uh, our our kids went to their grandparents for two weeks, and so my wife and I were like, "Yay, we can go watch grown up stuff!" <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first one we, you know, asked my wife, "What do you want to see?" And she said that, and I had heard of it. I knew it was something, and I knew Michelle Yeoh was in it, and that was all I knew about it. Um, and wow, it it's best to go in not knowing much about it. I think, but yeah. uh, what what did you think of it, Nick? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I had seen the trailer, so I, I knew what it was about. Like, it, so there was nothing that surprising. But um, yeah, no, I thought it was really great. Like you said, a great vehicle for her, and everyone in it was good. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, you know, a think piece, which we love, <laughs> Star Trek fans. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not really treading any new ground, really, but uh, but a fun ride to explore those questions yeah it it's uh I, I'll, I was tired by the end of it it's all, it, I, I found it it's not a movie that you can just sort of sit back and turn off your brain and just munch on popcorn you got to kind of you got to kind of keep with it but it's so worth doing um, it, it can be disturbing at times it can be very touching uh, scary it, it's it's got a little bit of everything in it yeah. But uh, if well, you can watch, you can stream it now. It's I, I don't know about it in Canada. It's on uh, HBO Max now. Uh, I thought it was on or, Amazon. Is it Amazon? Um, we watched it at the movie. We went to the movie, so I, I yeah, I saw it in the theater. theater. Um, if you can catch it on the big screen, it's totally worth it. But uh, mm. with the streaming, it's nice because I, I would say if you're seeing it at the theater, don't drink anything for at least half a day before you go because it does not give you a minute to, to go <laughs> it does not let up for a second um, another one that, that falls into that category that I really well no there was there was one good break um, have y'all seen Thor Love and Thunder yes yep. uh, Jen what did, you, what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder uh, well I mean I it, it, I will say I enjoyed it it was very entertaining uh, I I like where they went with Jane, uh, Natalie Portman's character. I can't spoil anything, obviously, but I think it was a, a good part for her, considering what they kind of did with her in a lot of the other two films, two films she's in. Um, so she got a much beefier part. Haha, <laughs> beefy, because she's the Mighty Thor in this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say I don't think it's as funny as Ragnarok. I there's a couple scenes that fall flat, but it has Christian Bale as the as a villain in this one, and you could tell he was having a blast because it was so different from his Batman stuff and and so his other films that he's been doing recently because he's been doing a lot of dramas. So to see him kind of let loose, and first off, he had a shaved head for this, which the dude's a chameleon to begin with. Uh, I didn't realize it was him until the credits rolled, to be honest. Really? I didn't realize it was him until he started talking. When they first showed the first scene, and it's... I didn't realize it was him until he opened his mouth and started talking. I I, I knew he was familiar, <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't figure out who he was. Then after yeah. I knew who he was and I saw pictures of the character, I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, we had some nice cameos in there, like Russell Crowe with Zeus, uh, and, uh, you know, they brought back the actors from uh, the second film, so you have <laughs> the stage Get production. Getting into spoiler yeah. territory here. No, not really. Uh, yeah, and, really, because uh, I was, stuff like that for me is like, oh, that was, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting it, so it was. Yeah, uh, okay, I will not say <laughs> the new people that they added. <laughs> So I recognize all of them right away. Um, and as expected, no Loki. But we know where Loki is right now, so having him show up, I kept thinking he was going to be in a post credit scene, but nope. And um, there are two post credit scenes, by the way. And uh, Definitely stick yeah, around for them. It, that most people don't stick around for. And yeah, I mean, overall, it was, it was enjoyable. So there you go. How'd you like it, Neek? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I mean, uh, everything that I would like to say about it would be spoiler. So, yeah. like, I, without giving anything away, I would say I had a, a couple issues with it. Like any Marvel movies, there are nitpicks. Like, you know, it's one of those things. Where, well, why didn't they just do this, this, that? And then there's no movie. Mm-hmm. So, okay, whatever. Um, but uh, I really liked the way they did the let's say ending hero moment and Mm -hmm. i won't say more than that i'll just say (laughs) i I really like um how they made thor the hero i'll say that yeah 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 but i would like to say to that we can't say either (laughs) yeah exactly i i can't say more without giving it away no i i'll one thing I can say, uh, safely say, is that I, the more I see of Taika Waititi's work, the more impressed I am with him. His comedic timing mm-hmm. is so Oh, good. yeah. I just watched an interview that he did with GQ about his roles that he's done, and he says, yeah, I don't research anything. I just kind of go in. No, he directed. <laughs> I'm talking about as a director. Well, I know, but he, I mean, he's also Quark, so... Well, yeah, but... Yeah, but he was mainly talking about his acting stuff and he's like yeah I don't research a darn thing I just kind of wrap this script well, how are you going to research Korg he's a giant rock monster uh, well <laughs> so. he had to change his accent slightly for it but yeah <laughs> other than that <laughs> uh, but he was talking to Bale all the time then about uh... <laughs> uh, but but I just I loved it um, it to me it tiptoed right you know Watiti is so good at towing going right up to the line between funny and stupid Mm-hmm. Because yeah. a lot of what happens in this movie, if it was just a millimeter further over that line, it would have been stupid. But he never. Yeah, I will there. say. Yeah, I will say there are a couple scenes that if you have children, I have children. My daughter was with it was with me, and nothing in the movie bothered her. Oh, okay, because there's I'm, one scene in particular. <laughs> well, okay, uh, if if you're talking about and. Okay, you you see Chris Hemsworth's butt, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, only adults sexualize that stuff. Kids just think it's funny, and she thought it was hilarious. So, okay. <laughs> kids, th- that's that drives me nuts when the when the uh, you know the 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 right wing Christian moms get all bent out of shape because something had nudity in it, or like you know Janet Jackson in the in the Super Bowl because you know her nipple was on screen for you know half a second. Oh, think of the children. The children don't care. The children spend half their days naked anyway and don't understand why nobody else does. They don't They don't sexualize that stuff. It's only adults that do. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
she she thought the Thor's the Thor naked Thor thing was funny, and that's that's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. But there there are a couple of scary scenes I was worried about, uh, but she was fine with those. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, folks, you know your kids better than anyone, but if you're if your children, I should say, uh, enjoyed Ragnarok and were were not bothered by anything that happens in Ragnarok, uh, I think they'll be fine in this. You know, I, I think the that well, all right, there is. I think it might be a little intense and scary for younger kids, uh, especially kind of the, the the MacGuffin of the end of the movie. Um, but, I, you know, like I said, my, my 10-year-old was perfectly fine with it. And uh, and she doesn't like scary stuff too much. So it, it was good. But I really enjoyed it. I, I've heard some people complaining that it was a hot mess. I don't think it was. I think it was... It was it, it was no, no more but, than any other Marvel movie. No, yeah, it may be less than some. You know, it's a yeah. it was a fairly straightforward plotline for a change. <laughs> um, and yeah, some great cameos and interesting setup for the next movie. And mm-hmm. definitely stick around. You know, it's worth sitting through the credits for the final post credit scene. Are, are there any other uh, uh, TV shows or movies y'all want to mention? Stranger Things, Stranger Things, Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> Y'all can talk about that. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen any of it, or you haven't seen the last. Oh, I, I watched the first episode, and it just it didn't grab me. And Again, of the first season, or of, of the first season. Yeah. Oh, okay, really? Jeez. Yeah. Okay, you're missing out. The, the but problem, you're really a little too old for the. That, that's the thing. It was it was really trading on on the the nostalgia of people that were kids in the '80s. And I, I graduated high school in 82, so a lot of what it was kind of aiming for was stuff that I wasn't really part of. Okay. And so it just seemed to me like another X-Files-ish no. kind of thing with more it's blood. Not. <laughs> it's not. Um, um, I, I may go back and, and watch it, but I just, I haven't. Uh, well, I mean, my my boss, uh, his girlfriend ended up getting roped into it, and he does, he's around your age, Rick, he, he's beyond he's like i'm not gonna get it oh i'm sucked in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i a good period piece should not be relying on the period in which it's set if it's a good Mm -hmm. story it's a good story and and i think stranger things works and what i'll say about this last season is that it matches the quality of the first season whereas season two and three i felt there was a dip but this last one i think it 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 was it was great i thought it was um a good continuation of the story. It, I, I really enjoy. I was really engaged in this last season. Oh god, I was crying the last episode. <laughs> Speaking of crying, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you all of the posts I've heard about this last season, and, and especially the finale, uh, has had me seriously reconsidering watching the show. Well, there's a new. I mean, every season has a new character that they bring in. Some stay, some don't. Uh, this newest season, they had a character named Eddie Munson, who everyone, especially in the 80s, knew an Eddie. He's basically a nerdy D&D GM guy who also is into heavy metal, has long hair, has tattoos, wears a lot of rings. I mean, he's, I mean, he's partially based, obviously, off of Eddie Van Halen. Um... And he was the breakout star of the season for sure. <laughs> Everybody's been talking about him, and I don't want to go into too much detail except for the fact that he is so popular. Mm-hmm. Partially because the character's so different from a lot of the other characters they've had on the show, and partially because the actor did such an amazing job with the part that. I mean, ever I mean, they have you know, like first season was justice for one character, and then second season was justice for another character. I mean, they always have, and I, I, I mean, it's pretty much obvious. They have a character who dies every season. <laughs> I can't go any more into detail than that. Uh, but he is just—he's been the breakout star of the season. I love him to death. I knew an Eddie. I dated a guy like him. <laughs> I, for real. I mean, I had a boyfriend uh, when I was in high school that pretty much got me into heavy metal music. I mean, he didn't have the hair. <laughs> but, yeah, I dated an Eddie. And, and 
yeah, it, it, I just, I, a lot of emotions in this season. Uh, there were a couple of eh, moments in it, but overall, I think everyone who was in the season gave their A game as far as their parts. It, okay. Well, one character, I'm like, <laughs> and I can't go into details. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought everyone did a good job. I thought uh, I, the actors are quite good for that, for mm-hmm. that show, I think. It's so interesting yeah. because, you know, back in the day, child actors were so crap. And these days, they're always so excellent to the point where it's almost scary because you're like, what are they doing these kids to make them so good? But I guess it's just that the pool of actors is so huge now with the population rising. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to watch a show where all the actors are are really with it. Mm-hmm. And, and as an added bonus, I actually grew up in Indiana around that time. So <laughs> I can nitpick all of this stuff. Like, the license plates on the cars are correct. <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, so... I had little teeny tiny nitpicky stuff. I'm like, yes, nostalgia for me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, see, like I, I said this on on uh, uh, that Star Trek podcast the other day. Um, my my the shows I grew up watching and the, and the the movies I grew up watching as a kid started this whole nostalgia going back and redoing them, but they did them all wrong on my stuff. So now that they're getting to y'all stuff, they've made all the mistakes <laughs> and done you know, <laughs> bewitched and you know tried to revive the Brady Bunch and shit like that. And y'all are getting new stuff that's that's really well done, and I envy the hell out of you. Um, Neek, looking at it from from a Canadian perspective, and by mm-hmm. the way, it is so great to have a Canadian back on the show. I don't I don't know if I if I told you, um, our uh, the original lineup of the Starbase was uh, our friend Ro Karen, who she's still around. Uh, if I can coax her out from hiding and to get back on the microphone, uh, she she lives in in the the Washington D.C. area. And Kennedy, Kennedy Gordon, who is a journalist in Toronto. Hmm. Um, and our first year was great because it wasn't great for him because his his paper folded. And so he was unemployed for like the first year we were doing the shows. So it was constantly, you know, always available. And, and hmm. um, But if I had a dollar for every time he pointed out somebody or something was Canadian in origin... <laughs> <laughs> It almost seemed like it was it was in the Canadian charter. You must mention. Yes. <laughs> it's the law. If you're Canadian, you have to be aware of all Canadian celebrities and always point them out to others. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it's all it's almost like, you know, I'd like a Vulcan if possible, you know, from from the motion pictures. Like if you can get a Canadian, I'd I'd really like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason I, I mentioned this other than just being silly is um, I know a lot of these shows. I've heard that they're like almost painfully American. How do, how does that play? Looking down from from up there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Stranger Things is universal enough that it's it's still relatable. Um, I've said that often about Star Trek that it's so America centric. It's so uh, yeah. Like, so many characters are from the U.S. It's bad enough that so many characters are human, but, like, yeah. uh, like 90% of the humans are from the States. I'm like, that's weird. So I, I do find Star Trek to be very American. Yeah, but what you gonna do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, has, okay, I know Canada's got to be making TV, um, mm-hmm. but we haven't heard anything from... from like act from actual Canadian stuff for a while, uh, at least not that I'm aware of. Are, is there any? Are there any like really good genre shows going on in Canada uh, right now? In terms of genre shows, not that I can think of. Um, and then they film all of ours up there. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, they film a lot, a lot of them up stuff, there. But. Yeah, a lot of stuff is filmed up here, but. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of all the Canadian shows. I I don't. There's none that I'm currently watching. There's some that I've watched in the past, but you know, like like uh, you know, there's Sits Creek, uh, Kim's Convenience. Um, oh, those are Canadian. I didn't know. That. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are very Canadian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like Kim's Convenience is very explicitly set in Toronto. Um, <laughs> let's see. I mean, there there is a show that recently came out. I only watched one episode so far. What God what was it called? The Porter. That uh, one of the it. actors from Discovery. I think he played Bryce, and then all of a sudden he left the show, and they gave him this weird exit on the show. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, that's a weird exit. So I looked it up, and it's like, oh, okay, it's because he's on a new show. It's a Canadian show about uh, like a a a black uh, labor union in, um, Mm. I think actually in Montreal. So that was that was that's interesting. It was a good show. I only watched one episode because there are so many things. But yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear thing, things are still still coming, filtering down from up north because you know we're still everybody's still in the getting back to the new normal, and uh, mm. you know as mm-hmm. someone in the entertainment biz, uh, it's good to hear other other outlets getting getting back underway and, and uh, yeah and functional. Um, another show I'm really I'm really loving and it's you know its finale was incredible too uh, is the boys. Mm-hmm. I still haven't watched it yet. I'm going to. I have all eight episodes ready to watch. I just have to sit and do it. it it's a wonderful show. It's not for everybody. Uh, if you haven't started watching The Boys yet, um, the the basic premise is: what if super, superheroes were real, but they were also bastards? And well, they are also corporate too. Well, yeah, <laughs> They're owned by a corporation, and basically, you know, can do whatever they want without consequence. Uh, sort of. Um, it's pretty fucked up. I, <laughs> it's got, not for kids. Yeah, it's it's dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, although it was funny, I, I, and again, I'm not going to spoil. But uh, have you watched it, Nick? Yep. Okay. Um, you know how they the the before the the episode hero gasm, they gave this like this episode really shouldn't be watched by anyone but you know <laughs> no, nobody was harmed during it but we're, you know it's messed up even more than usual and just you know yeah just letting you know and then it wasn't i, I didn't think it was any worse than anything they'd done previously um so. I, I think it was uh, specifically the bestiality that the warning was about because it was like no animals were harmed these oh, are not yeah, real no. animals no peta on our case okay i get it yeah because of that i mean no, i don't want to give give it away i don't Spoilers, but I think you know the scene. I'm oh, talking I know exactly about. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I just given the character that did it, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> no, and they had already teased it that uh, they yeah. were finally explicit, and I think they were. I think they were just. I mean, I, tongue in cheek, because yeah, that little disclaimer was very uh, <laughs> sarcastic. But yeah, I guess they were just covering their butts and being like, "Don't get on us about uh, this horrible thing that's about to happen." Meanwhile, way more horrible things have happened in that show. But okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like sticking a bottle up someone's ass and having it blow up—it's not exactly. Oh, just wait till you start this season. Yeah, <laughs> I heard this one's even weird. I mean, I thought second season was crazy, but yeah, I've heard third season is much crazier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the opening scene of the first episode of this season was far so far beyond what was in hero castle <laughs> anyway um let's see was it oh uh obi-wan kenobi did you yeah. watch it mm-hmm. no um i hated it <laughs> <laughs> i think it could have been like uh, uh just a tv movie i think they could have done that story in you know maybe 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 you know 190 minutes it didn't have to be six episodes. Well, it, it was barely even about him. It was more about other characters. That was number one. And number two, uh, they couldn't make the characters consistent. Uh, number three, whoever was doing the cam work, it kept shaking at weird points and not oh, during combat. But that was messing me up. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> that, is, that is something I re- recently found out. That's not hand, That's not a handheld camera. That's a post. That's a post production thing they do. Yeah, that like it, 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 it's Star Trek's been dumb. doing it a lot too, and it's been pissing me off. Yeah, it's awful. I I can't stand it. And apparently, any cameraman who wouldn't be who would shake the camera around that much would not be working. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. And apparently, anybody can survive a stab to the chest with a lightsaber. We don't want, we don't want to spoil. I'm not saying I'm not... which characters, but anyway. 
you and Sean need to learn <laughs> what is <laughs> 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 um, I, I thought it was it was okay it got off to a real slow start it kind of had mm-hmm. this, the same problem that the book of Boba Fett had in my opinion which was you don't have enough episodes to, to drag your feet this much at the beginning um, but I you know by, by episode three when it picked up momentum I enjoyed it um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not as precious about Star Wars canon as some are, um, because there really isn't any. <laughs> it's you know, not anymore because Disney got rid of most of it. You well, know, so. well, the thing is, there never was. Star Wars is almost as chaotic as Doctor Who, and people who talk about Doctor Who canon, I just laugh at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I love Doctor Who, but you know, there is no canon. There is no continuity in Doctor Who. You know, except for like maybe the last ten years. So. Two thirds of it. What? That's the whole premise of the show. Yeah, it just changes. Well, yeah, Um, yeah. You know, there were some some great special effects, some fantastic. I think some of the best lightsaber work since ever. Um, This is going to sound odd coming from a Star Trek fan, especially what we're going to talk about. But I I just I don't know what people are expecting from shows anymore. Um, Uh, Decent writing. Yeah, I didn't think the writing was bad. I th- it just you know, I, th- I couldn't stand it. I I I mean, I, and it was I mean, uh, oh gosh, you want you don't want me to spoil? Well, it's already been pointed out. This particular characters in the show, though. Uh, I will say, Vader was decent, yeah. except for, and it's already been pointed because when we were talking about David Cross. Uh, on a, a re- uh, episode talk about how he put a lot of movement into the character to make him more menacing I didn't see that I was like this isn't this is not my Vader <laughs> I, I honestly would not have been able to tell if, if it was I, I, I Christensen or, or you know it three different people in the suit yeah well three different people played Vader in the in the original movies I know I know but it, this was whole, and that's not counting James was still on yeah, I know, I know, but this was Christensen was in the suit the whole time. He had stilts yeah. on and everything. Yeah. Anyway, he got better as the show went on, but that yeah, I like this. He doesn't. He's not moving right from what we know as Vader. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that, I mean that's it's you know it it's what worked or didn't work for you. I I yeah. I just thought the you know a little too angsty at the beginning, but they've kind of established that's what Jedi do when they lose apparently. They go and sulk for a decade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Yoda. <laughs> uh, I I was hoping that they would explain how you know, let's let's be generous and say 40-year-old Ewan McGregor in 11 years becomes 60 or 70-year-old Alec Guinness, but <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> um... And I really don't want them to do another series just to do that. So no, well, they haven't even said if there is going to be another season. I, I haven't heard, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think they. Uh, well, Taika Waititi's got a new Star Wars project in the works. That's uh, mm-hmm. they're not telling us anything about it. Um, no, the but... next one is going to be the next one's in, coming out in August, and that's going to be the character from Rogue One. It's going to be his story. And it's actually going to be broken up into two parts from what I heard. It's going to be like a like 14 episodes or something, but they're breaking it up into two parts. Um, so it's going to be him, and then they're planning... Uh, the Ahsoka series is coming out, I think, either late this year or early next year. Uh, they have Mandalorian Season 3 coming up. Um... And then I, I mean, other, I mean, they, at the Star Wars celebration, they brought this huge list of like yeah, what's like coming up, but they've things. barely given any dates for any of it. The only one that I know for sure is, is, uh, I cannot remember his character's name, but the, the smuggler guy from Rogue One, it's oh, a prequel. Yeah. I'm looking up. <laughs> Cassian but it's, it, I, I have the yeah. up there. Okay, yeah, but it's him. It's going to be him. I think it's like three or four years pre-Rogue One. Um, oh, oh, it's oh yeah. I guess everybody. Well, yeah. I mean, 
Hello. <laughs> if you don't know everybody dies in the movie, then I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we did not come here tonight to talk Star Wars. Oh, uh, oh, uh, just really quickly throw some some actual space stuff out there. Uh, Unk is not with us obviously tonight, so we won't get too deep into the hardware uh, as we are tend to we tend to do. Um, but. Uh, SpaceX has been throwing rockets in the sky almost weekly for quite a while now, and they've got about 650,000 CubeSats up there, and uh, they're doing SpaceX stuff. Um, the James Webb Telescope has yep. finally come online, and they've been taking pictures. Uh, you've probably seen the picture of all of the all of the galaxies. You may not realize every dot of light in that picture is a galaxy. Not a, there's a couple of stars, but it's mostly galaxies. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff just blows my mind. And it was something um, like two billion years or four point six billion years. In is that it? Video. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and the thing is, it's just a piece of sky. If you were to stand outside and hold up a grain of rice at arm's length, that's how much of the sky that picture represents. And there are thousands of galaxies in that picture, and mm-hmm. some you don't even you can't even tell they're galaxies because there are some red. Uh, like smudges on on the because uh, uh, the the picture is kind of circular, and there are some red uh, semicircular smudges around some sections of that. And what those are those are actually images of galaxies that, because of gravitational lensing, they got smeared. Uh, gravitational lensing is when you've got something really, really uh, uh, with a lot of gravity to it, uh, like the mass of a galaxy or a star or a black hole or something like that it will act like a lens and it will magnify the light from things behind it if you catch it just the right way but it also tends to smear it out so they have to you have to kind of find a way to reconstruct what it's showing you um but just you know hundreds of galaxies just in that little view alone they've they've upped the estimate it used to be they used to think that there were an estimated 500 billion galaxies in the universe now I think they've upped it to something like 300 trillion. Um, just unbelievable. And that's just in the stuff we can see. You know, um, we are, they are hoping with this telescope to be able to see back as far as a couple of billion years after the Big Bang, which is incredible. It, it will revolutionize astronomy. Almost as it, between the James Webb Telescope and excuse me, Hubble, which is still going strong. Uh, they're still getting, they've got a few years uh, of life left in Hubble. The main difference is James Webb, the James Webb telescope is looking in the infrared spectrum. Uh, that's why it's a million miles from Earth and sitting in Earth's shadow. Uh, so it can get as almost as cold as space is uh, so that it can image infrared uh, down to, you know, in very minute detail. Um, so it's not an optical telescope, uh, not as we see it. You know, it's you know the the, the color that we're going to see in it is our false colors, but that's kind of the same with with Hubble as well. Um, but the Hubble telescope is invisible is a visible invisible uh, is in the visible spectrum, so it's seeing what we would see. I think it's got some infrared cameras on it, but nothing anywhere near as sensitive as as the James Webb. Uh, and then we've got the LIGO. Uh, interferometer, which is picking up uh, gravitational waves. So we are on the cusp of a revolution in astronomy and our understanding of the galaxy over the next, you know, 50 years or so is going to change on so many levels. I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine what kind of, uh, what kind of new data, what kind of new understanding scientists are going to find. I'm only sad that I'm, you know, as a Star Trek fan my whole life, this is the kind of stuff I've dreamed of. And I kept wishing it would happen 40 years ago. Because <laughs> now I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 58. And, you know, hopefully I got another 50 years to go. But so much stuff is happening now. And all you know, they're planning so many missions that are, you know, still 20 or 30 years away. You know, they're, they're planning missions to Europa that won't get there for, you know, a decade and a half. Yeah. <laughs> It'll um, be a while. You know, so <laughs> this, this is an exciting time to be a fan of science, but it's also a frustrating time if you're an older fan of science. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Um, but you kids are going to see some really cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the state space launch system, the giant money sucking rocket, uh, did its 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 a uh, wet dress rehearsal as they call it. They got within nine minutes of an actual launch, which was not as close. They wanted to get down to about 30 seconds before actual launch, but they, I think they, they figured they got all the data they needed and, and I think there were storms coming or something. So they, they cut it a little bit short. Uh, now the, the, the rocket is back in the vehicle launch, uh, vehicle assembly building, uh, being tested out and spiffed up and polished up. And the next thing should be a launch to the moon. Uh, it will be an uncrewed launch of an Orion capsule to that should, is supposed to go around the moon. Uh, it'll orbit it for a week uh, and then come back and, if all goes well, splash down in the Pacific and show that it can be done for a ridiculous amount of money with an insanely huge rocket. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Watching that thing take off will be incredible because this thing dwarfs the Saturn V. It's the biggest rocket ever made. It's also one of the biggest boondoggles ever perpetrated on the space community. It's uh, it it uh, it it's years uh, past when it should have happened. It's billions over budget, um, and that's because our space program is run by our government and. The 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 uh, the components for this rocket are made all over the country, and that's a result of you know Senator so and so is consist you know half of his constituents work in the space industry, and so we want this built here, and that's happening all over the place, and so it's not efficiency, it's not uh, you know it's not being done in the in the, the the best way possible, it's being done in the most politically expedient way possible, and it's just. <laughs> very very frustrating okay enough with real <laughs> but that that uh, that makes me think of the tv show for all mankind are you guys watching that i have been told i need to uh and i i want to i keep forgetting i keep we don't have apple tv okay uh, and it's like I know it's it's dirt cheap but it's just like oh it's another thing to subscribe another to. thing no, I know, yeah. I get it, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, but I but also I, want to watch Foundation, and that's right. yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've been watching that. I I I wasn't able to make it through Foundation. I found it too boring. But for all mankind, blew me away. I binged the first two seasons in like I don't know two weeks or something. I was so into uh, it. Hmm. And it's very much about what you're just talking about. Sort of you know like the way NASA does things, and then the way you know a private enterprise would do the same thing. You know, so that's. It's very topical in that sense, okay. even though it's an alternate history taking place in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to. Uh, uh, one of our our regulars on on uh, that Star Trek project pod, podcast project. What the hell? Um, <laughs> uh, Chris DeFilippis. Uh, you've been on with Chris from time yeah. to time, I think. Uh, he's been giving me nothing but shit about not watching for all mankind. <laughs> And rightfully so. That is that is a show that yeah. is right up my alley. And exactly. I just, yeah, I I think you'd love it. Yeah. Let me make a note. Apple TV. <laughs> that's that's another thing. I just I don't think about it until somebody's talking about it, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I need to do that. And then as soon as we get off the microphone, memory dump. Yeah, I have like <laughs> yeah. a, a notepad that I type out like I need to watch this and this yeah. and this. Yeah. I have a little whiteboard <laughs> script to my desk so it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I have a list. <laughs> yeah. yep. Okay, let's talk some Star Trek. Um, so, one thing I don't want to get into tonight except in the very broadest sense is the our, our, well, R is R the, uh, the, the plot lines the, the, the stories except where it affects the characters. Because what I'd really like to... Because I've said this many times. Whenever I, I start talking about even the J.J. movies, J.J. movies, new, uh, the new Trek, um, as long as you're saying it N-E-W and not N-U, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, just because the, the haters, the gatekeepers, call it N-U Trek, and they use yeah, that yeah, as a... Yeah. As a um, the stories are not always the best. You know, the writing isn't always great. Uh, 
you know, I think I think we forget how bad the first few seasons of all of the you know the original Trek shows were, except TOS because they didn't really have a first season, they, you know, because it was a different paradigm back then. Um, but you know, there have been ups and downs with the writing, shall we say? But uh, even the worst episodes, uh, or you know, in, in the case of the of the Kelvin movies, movies, um, the cast, the actors have been fantastic. All, I, I cannot think of a single person in. No, I'm, I can't think of anybody in Star Trek. No, not not even going back to TOS. Uh, you know, uh, you know, of the main cast. You know, there were there were a few supporting people that weren't you know weren't so great. But I, you know, the 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 characterizations and the the acting have been fantastic. Uh, and I would like to showcase that um, rather than get into the weeds of of you know this show wasn't great, this show was great. Um, you know, we all have our opinions. Uh, and you know, and they will certainly come out in these discussions. I want that this is going to be hopefully a series of shows uh, where we talk about the the characters and the people portraying them in New Star Trek. Uh, so this is going to be our first for, foray into this, um, and it's kind of funny because uh, we we all kind of wanted to talk about the same person tonight. <laughs> um, she she's pretty amazing. Um, and that, and that would be uh, Jess Bush as Nurse Christine Chapel in Strange New Worlds. Um, the, she is why I got the idea to do this. Because um, about halfway through Strange New Worlds, I was like, this, 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 this first of all, putting Chris, Christine Chapel in there was great. Um, it was unexpected. When they announced that Nurse Chapel was going to be in there, I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and then just her portrayal of this character is so different from what we're used to from, you know, Nurse Chapel in TOS uh, as played by Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Um, it's like a completely different person, but I don't think it's it's in any way uh, uh, in, uh, I have to use this, the, the C word, canon, um, you know, because... Nurse Chapel in TOS really didn't have much of a personality other than she's pining for Spock. Um, you know, the only other time she got something to do other than that was she's in Starfleet because she's pining for her lost fiance. She never really did anything on her own. It was always because she was chasing after a guy. And I only just made that connection as I was saying this. Um... <laughs> I, I don't know why that didn't click before. I think because Ch Chapel was such a non-entity in, in TOS, at least for what they gave her to do, this nurse Chapel is amazing. Uh, there, there was a great meme going around that was kind of the the, the bit from oh, which was it? Was it the first Avengers? What, what was the first Avengers where where Loki tried to take over the Earth? Was it was that the Avengers? Was that that was the first Avengers movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he's like, you know, I've got an Arby, and they're like, we've got a Hulk. But it was Chris Pike going, you know. Loki going, I've got an army. And he's like, we've got a nurse chapel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, she's just so proactive and interesting and smacking Spock upside the head. Uh, and so I, I was so fascinated with the character that I started looking into the, the actor. Um, I, I honestly don't know if she goes by actor or actress. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen her say one way or the other. So I, I but uh, her name is Jess Bush, and this is only like her fourth acting gig. Uh, she was on Australia's Next Top Model, um, and then she was like on a couple of soap operas. And I and hang on, I've got her. But in any case, yeah, she had limited oh. experience acting. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell. You can now. Now she's she's thirty, uh, so. A lot of times when you get someone who starts acting a little later in life, they kind of have a, a, a bit of a head start as far as have some, some life experience under their belt. Um, and I, I think she's just incredible. Uh, the, 
and and now we will be spoiling episodes of Star Trek uh, because I don't think it's possible to talk about these characters without talking about what they did. Mm-hmm. So consider this your spoiler alert if you are not up to speed on your your new Star Trek shows. Um, go do so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then come on back. We're not going anywhere. Uh, that's the wonderful thing about a podcast. It's in your little bitty player or your phone or something. I guess we don't, I don't, I'm the only one left that's using an MP3 player. <laughs> um, <laughs> go to bed, old man. It, look, it, it still works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, like, one of the best moments, I, one of the best Christine Chapel moments I think is it was in the uh, um, the alien episode. Um, I, I don't remember the titles. <clears throat> the with, with, on the icy planet with the Gorn. Yeah, yeah, Gorn, yeah. the um, alien episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where the big fish guy has the 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 Gorn burst out of his back. Yeah. And Chapel doesn't say anything, but there's just there's just this close up of her face as she's absolutely terrified and panicked and then you see her remember there's a kid in sickbay and you see her the you know go from terrified to and panicked to all right i gotta deal with this shit and it all happens on her face and it's and it's perfect it's beautiful Mm -hmm. um and i just those are the kind of moments i live for just watching someone act without just you know just screaming it out. There's, you know, there's time for bombast as well, but uh, I, I just, she is so subtle, yet this absolute force of nature on the show. Yeah, and I, I have to say that I, she's the character that um, I wasn't immediately on board with because she seemed so unrecognizable to me. I think all the other. Um, actors who are portraying a known character, I could see it. And like, you know, I I got it. Like, even if they hadn't spoken, I would have known who they were meant to be portraying. Whereas the new chapel, I, I couldn't see that link. And, you know, watching the first couple of episodes, I kept joking in my recap that, you know, something must have happened down the line to, to make her lose her zest for life because she's so much more sedate in, you know, original recipe chapel. But as I kept watching the episodes, I, 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 you know, I couldn't help but warm up to her and, and she's become a standout because yeah, she is so strong. She's so great. She has so much personality. And that also gave me um, the desire to go back to TOS and watch, you know, whatever the four minutes that Chapel has to see, you know, is it really, is she really that different? And I'm glad I did that because actually the original Chapel did have a, a lot of sass to her. Um, I think Majel was doing the most she could with what she was given. She yeah. was given so little, but she did inject a lot of sass, a lot of little, you know, little facial expressions where she's clearly uh, unimpressed with what's going on around her and you know she has that moment where she tricks a crew member into eating his soup um, and and that's a very you know unorthodox thing to do and, and you know the main episode she has where she's um, uh, she thinks she's found her fiance again she, she shows a lot of um, I mean, if she shows any personality throughout the series, that's the episode in which she shows it, where you actually see her um, be annoyed with the situation. And so when you watch those little snippets, you see like, okay, so the the new chapel does have that, those elements, that that sass, that, um, that I mean, I don't, I was going to say snark. I don't know if snark is the right word because we're not talking about Ortegas. (laughs) <laughs> but just, uh, you know, she, she does have that little bit of edge to her. And so I like that Jess Bush decided to go with that. And apparently the, uh, the writers and producers and whoever really um, took a lot of Jess's personality and, and allowed her to put that into chapel. And I think that always works well when the actors are allowed to put themselves into their characters. Like, 
you know, um, Picard being the best example of that, where when Patrick Stewart was allowed finally to put himself into Picard, that's when Picard really started to shine. Because like the first season of TNG, Picard just isn't what he eventually ends up being. It's really only when, when you know, Picard is like, I'm going to have him be into Shakespeare and I'm going to have him be this way. That's when he started to shine. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, uh, it's, I can't think of an example where it doesn't work to allow the actor to put themselves into the character. Yeah. Uh, to add on to that, uh, her chemistry with Ethan Peck oh, yeah. is, is, oh, yeah. is amazing this season. I mean, they're so going so hard into this Spock and Chapel slash... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then they brought in Tapring, too. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to get too much into her because we're not talking about her specifically. But, I mean, it's it's a case of... Uh, yeah. It's a love triangle that that I can get behind. It, um, yeah, it's a love triangle where I'm, I'm rooting for both sides. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Even though I know Spock doesn't end up with either of these women, I'm still yeah. shipping both of them. Yeah. And and looking 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 up the actor, looking up Jess Bush, is even more interesting than her character. Yeah. Because you know, aside from you know being in being you know what what she's done on TV, um, she is an incredible visual artist. the The main thing she's doing right now, it's not the only thing she's done. If you go to her website, uh, onejessa.com, um, there's a lot of her work there. Um, I actually foolishly entertained a thought of make, maybe trying to buy some of her stuff, but no, she she's like <laughs> a, a legit artist, and you can't afford it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> or I can't afford it. Um, you know, this isn't just like you know, oh, I'm I'm sketching backstage during you know in between takes. No, she's a, she's she's the real deal, um, and her her B totem work is incredible. Yeah. Uh, what she does is she goes to honeybee honeybee farms. And uh, gat- collects dead bees that not, not doesn't kill them, just gathers up the bees that are already dead. Uh, and then she takes them to her workshop and she puts them in clear resin spheres, mm-hmm. and then uh, does these amazing installations with you know hanging them from the ceiling. You know, hundreds of them in in in, uh, in in interesting patterns, and sometimes she teams up with like maybe a, a projection, uh, you know, an artist who's into projections, and they project onto the spheres or or lights or sound or or just the the arrangement of them. There's one where they're 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 hung so that they form a tunnel that you look through, and uh, uh, she also does jewelry, which is you know just little little resin hemispheres with a bee in each one uh, and, and rings and necklaces and earrings and stuff like that um, and it's the the, the pro a lot of the proceeds go to helping to you know keep honeybees alive yeah uh, because you know across the world we're having trouble with with the honeybee population dying out and as the pollinators die out the plot the plants die out and then we die out so yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very important thing, but it's gorgeous too. Her work is incredible, and and her paintings. She you know those paintings that are really uh, you know, amazing, and it's there. There's just this vibrance to them. There's a lot of anger in them too, um, and, and rightfully so. You know she's you know y'all's age and and grown oh, up. She's a lot younger than me. <laughs> yeah, she's younger than me too. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm not the best at guessing how old people are, so. <laughs> um, y'all look like kids to me. Uh, so, I, you know, look up her work. It is it is absolutely worth it. Um, and I, I, the only the only downside to it is it's all in Australia, so I can't, like, go see it. Um, <laughs> But uh, she, you know, and I, I've I've watched several interviews with her, and she's just totally gets the Star Trek thing. Um, you know, she she was not a a Trek fan. You know, I hear this a lot from Star Trek actors uh, that you know they they of course you know knew about Star Trek, but really weren't into it until or didn't watch much of it 
uh, until they got in it. And she went back and, and like you said, she was watching the the, the TOS and mm-hmm. studying up on Nurse Chapel. Um, and rather than being afraid of the convention and the fandom aspect of it, she's really looking, she hasn't been to her first convention yet, and she's really looking forward to it, um, that aspect of it. And I think I think the fans are going to welcome her with open arms. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed uh, when I saw interviews with her that not only did she do her research in terms of Star Trek, but she also did research in terms of uh, nursing, which mm-hmm. I thought was impressive. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, that she she researched all about, I guess, like the personality type what of, of a nurse, of someone who devotes their life to caregiving. So I, I thought that was um, a clever tack to take to go in that direction. Cool. I missed that. That's that's yeah. even better. Yeah. Okay. So, Jen, you have somebody you want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So we're going the other direction to Prodigy. Um, okay. I want to talk about, and I cannot say the name correctly, Riley Alice Alice Grocky. Is it yeah, Riley Alizraki. Okay, so she is the daughter of Carlos Alizraki, who most people know. For, uh, he's mostly he's done some um, on-screen stuff, but most people know him from his uh, voiceover work. On the, he's the Chihuahua in the Taco Bell commercials. He's uh, Rocco in Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, all sorts of stuff. He does. He's uh, Latino, so he does a lot of Latino roles. Um, but he's been doing voice acting for like 25 years, give or take. And his daughter is now doing voice acting, following in his footsteps. And when they started doing the voice work for the show, she was 11. Um, and she voices. Oh shoot! I totally. She voices uh, Rock Talk. Oh, oh, okay. the the girl, the big pink girl. Yeah, so she voices Rock Talk, and um, the fact number one that she's followed in her father's footsteps to do voice acting, and number two, when you first are introduced to the character in the first episode. The universal translator is not a thing yet, so you hear this like, blah, 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 you know, like really deep voice. You think this character is like this creepy-looking rock monster thing, and then the translator turns on it. It's this little girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think she's done a, a really good job with the character uh, to subvert expectations of here's this big, huge creature rock creature and it's got this little girl voice and um i think she's uh one of the standout characters from prodigy for the fact that mm. she's kind of the innocent one <laughs> she has become the heart yeah. Of the yeah and yeah. she's the youngest of the bunch uh so and, and considering she's i think when they start back up, she'll be like 13 or 14 when they get back to doing the voice acting. And, uh, but I mean, she's definitely, I mean, all the characters on that show are very unique in their own different ways, but she's just the cutest little thing. <laughs> yeah, she's really precious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and considering she's also the biggest character of the bunch, you know, you, yeah. you wouldn't think that. But I think she's done a, a phenomenal job, especially, like I said, following in her father's footsteps as a voice actor. Um, who I've, I've virtually met, by the way. Uh, he's a riot. <laughs> and it, I... I want to see more of what they do with her and, of course, all the other characters on Prodigy when it comes back, eventually. But, um, I, I just, I didn't expect her to be such an endearing character, I guess that's a good way to put it. Um. I love her relationship with the, the space schmoo. I can't remember the, the blob things. The blob that's voiced by B. Bradley Baker. Yeah, like, (laughs) who doesn't really talk? They're they're, they're like the perfect team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's another one. Like like you said earlier, all the new Star Trek shows, uh, there's never never a weak link. 
all the actors are good. All the, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's some people who you know take issue with a, a few characters here and there. Um, I personally like all the characters, and I think I don't think there's anyone who could complain about the actors. I think they're all doing yeah. a great job. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is there anything uh, else you want to add about um, about Riley? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember the names. Riley Alice Rocky. Um, just that I, I mean, she's actually been voice acting since 2018, so she's been voice acting since she was eight (laughs) um and she's mainly done commercials and some other cartoons but i think she's got a promising career ahead of her i mean doesn't hurt that her dad is also a voice actor um but i think i'm i'm hoping to see more of her to do not just star trek but other stuff but uh, when Prodigy comes back, it'll be interesting to see where her character goes, especially mm. due to her performance. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Rockstock actually had quite the arc throughout mm-hmm. the. I mean, we've uh, there's only been ten episodes, right? But yeah, a lot yeah. happened in those episodes, and, and Rockstock had a great arc. Yeah, yeah. And they've got another. There, there's going to be another ten, so each season is going to be twenty episodes for this show. Uh, they've announced they're going to be releasing the first 10 on Nickelodeon. If they haven't done it already, they're going to be doing it soon. I forget what the date is. Um, and then sometime in 2020... probably be next year. We'll get, we'll get more Prodigy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand why they're calling it like the second part of the first season when they're so far apart. Why not just call it the second season? It's so weird. Because the animation takes so long to do, I think. Well, I, yeah, I think but when... just call it a second season. Yeah, I don't understand the, you know, I, un, unless the, the plan is, and th- this would make sense to me, is that if they're releasing it on Nickelodeon for the kids, which are, you know, the, where it was originally supposed to be, um, maybe they're planning it so that at the end of the first 10 episodes, they'll start right up again with the next 10 episodes, and then it will be one season for them. Sure. Yeah. I, I have I have no basis on that other than me just speculating. Because yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was like when they announced the second half of the first season is coming out sometime in the next two years. I'm like, eh? yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like okay, whatever. <laughs> if I'm still around, then <laughs> I ain't that old yet. <laughs> uh, but we did get an, an announcement today uh, or yesterday was it? yesterday. Uh, Lower Decks premiering August 25th. Yeah. Season four. <laughs> um, I saw a little teaser bit of it that uh, they're already spoofing the, the beginning it with like uh, the beginning of uh, All Good Things. Oh gosh. Where working in a vineyard and and, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, Mariner comes up to him and she's like, we gotta get my mom out. And... <laughs> uh. So that, that should be fun. There was a, a Tawny Newsom was on oh it was uh it was um women at warp uh she was on the women at warp podcast mm. and uh she I, I she's fantastic i don't know if you've ever heard any of her uh other than star trek stuff especially like when it's, it's like a podcast or an interview or something she's just a powerhouse she's someone like you get on your show and you like push play and then sit back <laughs> 45 minutes later like okay you're breathing i can ask you another question (laughs) (laughs) so folks if there is somebody you would like us to talk about uh please let us know you can email us at starbase66 at gmail.com that's starbase the number 66 uh at gmail.com uh i haven't been to that email in a long time but i still get notifications if an an email comes in so uh we will definitely get get it we'd like to hear your opinions on anything we had to say uh and if anything if you want to expand on anything we had to say you can also find us on facebook uh you can also find uh jen and i and neek sometimes on that star trek podcast um and neek why don't you tell folks about your your comic strip so you could read my Star Trek uh, comic style recaps at superanemic.com. 
I recap all the new shows and I also recap the old shows when there's no new stuff going on. So right now you can uh, see the first season of TNG on superanemic.com or you can also find it through Facebook, Super Anemic. Nick suffers so we don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jen, you got anything you would like to plug? Uh, not, I mean, we're, I'm pretty much where you, all you are, so, <laughs> on, uh, Open the Iris, I'm not on that show. Um, nope, no, I can't, I can't, I can't think of anything. <laughs> and, uh, folks, please check out the rest of the shows here on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Uh, I helped come up with the name and I keep forgetting it. <laughs> so, um shows like that Star Trek podcast and Cosmic Potato and Bad Movie Club. I didn't forget this time, Ollie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Captain Game Show and uh, I should have wrote this down. Look them up. <laughs> Good shows. Um, so until next time when we'll talk about some more folks on Trek uh, from all of us to all of you have a wonderful couple of weeks or months however long it is, and we'll talk to you again really soon. Take care, and bye-bye. Starbase 66 is a proud member of the Infinite Potato Alliance Podcasting Network. If you'd like to reach us, our email is starbase66 at gmail.com, and our Twitter is at starbase66. If you'd like to help us with our production costs, please go to patreon.com slash infinite diversity and toss us a buck or two if you think it's worth it. Big thanks go to Stephen Cogswell for his always wonderful theme music.